everybody, welcome to Save Your Sorry. The podcast where we tell you about the rise and fall of a celebrity. And of course, do some trash talking along the way. I'm Jose, the business bitch. I'm Katrina. I guess we're going to do it like it's 1999. Today, we are talking about Jesse Lacey from the band Brand New. Have you Jessie ever... Jesse Lacey! <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was fake. <laughs> so I'm going to ask, have you ever heard of the band Brand New or the lead singer, Jesse Lacey? All this information is brand new to me. <laughs> How do you feel about the name Brand New? Um, You know, I have, word, I guess, word association. So I think about Jasmine Sullivan's song. I think about the fact that Brandy uses that as a rap Oh, I do like it as her rap name. Yeah. And that's about it. I guess it's a I guess it's an okay band name if if that's what you picked. Yeah, I'll get into it why they came up with this name later. Because they but, always fuck. <laughs> but if you would come up with a band name, what would yours be? If I had okay, okay, okay. For Katrina's band. So I am a fan of that, you know, uh, acronyms, you know, letters, and they mean something, like SWV. Uh-huh. So let's, I, I would go with PBT, Pinching well, Bitches S- Titties. <laughs> I knew bitch was going to be in it. Yes, yes. PBT on, on the mic right now. <laughs> or or we can do, we can do UBB, which is... Underappreciated bad bitches or underappreciated bitter bitches. Oh. Mm. Or you could do that thing where you just don't say what it means. Ooh, like there's a bunch of different ones. Yeah, shrouded in mystery. I think I would name mine three cigarettes in an ashtray. <laughs> I have seen three cigarettes in your ashtray at once. <gasps> Why three cigarettes in an ashtray? I just, it's a Patsy Cline song, and I just think, yo, oh, I just like how it sounds. You're such a hipster. Yeah, yeah, I like how it sounds, and that's like the vibe I would want, the sound I would want. That is the, you are the type to like have a quippy little name that means nothing to you, but sounds cool. Uh-huh. And then like, I, I was just thinking of like how my promo, my my merch would look. It would just be the three sitters in the ashtray. Hey, one has to have a lipstick stain. Uh-huh. The one I'm smoking. Uh, you better tell them. <laughs> Coral then, number three. I was just thinking way too much into it. Like, at the end, I would always smoke a cigarette and perform that song. <laughs> <laughs> but back to Brand New. Oh, yes, yes. Brand New was really big in the early 2000s in the, like, emo or alternative scene. Really? I've never heard of these people. Or the, Yeah, never. I didn't think you would. It, it <laughs> wasn't really your scene. Well, I, I know plenty of the 2000s, the early 2000s alternative. I, if I haven't listened to it, I'm at least familiar with the bands and the people who were... Well, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Tell this black bitch to stay in her lane. <laughs> I had a lot of friends who were into this type of music, so revisiting Brand New while researching this, it did seem familiar, but I myself really wasn't in the emo alternative scene. You did have a lot of friends, though, that were into that scene now that you mention it. Yeah, I'd just be everywhere comfortably, like, 
<laughs> it's just, you know. Uh, I hate it because I can't deny it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I go with everyone. So I. You go with the flow. <laughs> yeah, I go with the flow. <laughs> As we do with all our stories, we'll be talking about the rise and fall of Jesse Lacey. And this story ends clean. Like, there is a clean cut of they were famous, a scandal <laughs> happened, and they have seemed to disappear from public view. Okay. Also, I have to say, I've been lurking in the brand new subreddits and reading their comments on their videos and trying to read forums with comments left on TikTok videos and YouTube videos. And... I gotta say, this fan base is probably one of the best ones out there. And I'm just saying, like, usually when something like this happens, a scandal, it can go one of two ways. The fans either turn on them and they hate them, or most likely what we see is the fans turn on the victims and say, where they did this, or they, you know, they they try to victim blame. Okay. All right. And with this fan base that I saw, it seems like... They loved the music. It played a huge part in their life, and they wish they could get more music. But for the most part, what I'm seeing is they realize Jesse did a horrible thing, and they're just trying to separate the art from the artist. All right. So let's get into it. You already setting me up. <laughs> I already know something terrible is about to fucking happen. Jesse Lacey was born July 10th, 1978, making him a cancer. Jesse was raised as a, in a Christian household, but he says it wasn't really forced upon him. It was just something he grew up with. And, you know, a lot of people grow up with religion in the household. Mm-hmm. And I only mention this because some of his later music does have a lot of Christian or biblical undertones to it. And he's been asked about it and says his music is not Christian music and it's not for... Oh, and it is for everybody. <laughs> no matter their beliefs, but it's something that has stuck with him. And he had this to say in an interview with all schools, quote, I realized when I got older that I have less answers than I thought I would, and many more questions. And I guess my way of dealing with it was writing about it. I didn't know what I was dealing with, but like I said, I wrote lyrics. There's a lot of questions in it that I didn't have words for before, and then suddenly I do. God is part of who I am, and it's just as much important as the way I feel about my family or friends or any other experience that I have. And I think that all finds its way on the album. So pretty much saying, you know, God has influenced him. It comes out in his writing. Okay. He's uh, he's he's not taking on the godly man, but, you know, he's, he's saying... Saying they had an influence and then something's going to go terribly wrong. <laughs> Growing up, he went to high school with some of the people that would be in his future bands. In high school, he was friends with John Nolan. John Nolan asked Jesse to learn how to play bass guitar for the school talent show. And he started to learn it. In 1998, Jesse would form the rookie lot for the members. The rookie lot would only last a year, releasing one demo. In 1999, Taking Back Sunday would be formed with Jesse originally as the guitarist. But I've heard when, of that group. Yeah, I feel like out of all the bands that was in this little area, that one's the most mainstream. Okay. So he was originally the guitarist for Taking Back Sunday, but when his old friend John Nolan joined, Jesse moved and became the bassist. 
Is it bassist or bassist? Bassist? Bass. <laughs> okay. Biases. Is it bass? <laughs> it's a basis. Now you got me questioning. <laughs> it's a basis. Jesse's time with Taking Back Sunday would not last long. Because depending on what story you believe, John either slept with Jesse's girlfriend or John had kissed a girl that Jesse liked but wasn't dating. Oh, I was messed up. Either way, they got into a fight. Jesse was left feeling betrayed and he left Taking Back Sunday. He was taking his shit back. <laughs> and he would go on to form Brand New. Brand New had members from the rookie lot, Derek Tierney and Brian Lane, Vincent Cardi, who would also join the band. Jesse would say he got the name for Brand New, quote, somewhat in jest because nothing about the band is really new. We weren't trying to break ground with a new kind of sound or anything. He also said a friend of ours said he would call his band brand new but he never got a new band so we took it i wish it was something as clever as the sarcastic take of the state of music oh so he's a thief he's a thief <laughs> that's what he does he thieves that's the scandal mm. no that's not the scandal <laughs> <laughs> so either way that's how they got their name october 9th 2001 brand new's first album comes out and it's called your favorite weapon while the album was filled with breakup songs and did well with critics, it didn't sell that well at first. One of the songs on there was called 70 times 7. Now, if you were open your Bibles to Matthew 18, 21 to 22, this is what it says. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times. Jesus answered, I tell you not seven times, but 77 times. Or some translations say 70 times 7, hence the name of the song. Ah, uh, okay. So with this song title about forgiveness, you would think he would be singing about forgiveness. But some of the lyrics are, I remember I kept thinking, I know you never would. And I know, I know. And now I know I want to kill you like only a best friend could. He also sings, don't apologize. I hope you choke and die. Search yourself for something to hang yourself. Okay. A few more lyrics. I've seen more guts on an 11-year-old kid. Have another drink and drive yourself home. I hope there's ice on all the roads. So we're doing the opposite of forgiveness <laughs> song. We're yeah. doing I hope, I hope you fucking die song. Yeah, it's using, not Using Bible Jesus words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got... The Bible verse as the title and all this imagery as the lyrics. Mm. So not a song about forgiveness, but it is a song to his old friend, John Nolan. Okay. Oh, of course. <laughs> yeah. John responds in Take It Back Sunday song, There's No I in Team, with lyrics, Wearing your black eye like a badge of honor, soaking in the sympathy from friends who never loved you nearly half as much as me. Jesse wait, and John. Nearly as wait, nearly half as much as me? Yeah. Uh, so you know, he he's hurt, he's wounded, he's going to his other friends, crying yeah. about it, and they're like, Oh, poor you. But at the end of the day, John's saying, They don't love you as much as me. Uh-huh. There's no I in team. Uh-huh. There's no I in team. <laughs> Jesse and John would make up a year later with the bands even touring together. Yet, you know, when our favorite celebrities have their beefs, the fans just can't let it go. 
Betty and yeah. Joe, Angelina and Jennifer, Nikki and Cardi. Mm. Oh. No matter how much time passes, the fans are going to hold on to this feud. In 2007, Jesse said, quote, The situation cleaned itself up a lot sooner than most people thought it did. We both realized even though we were angry at each other, we will always remain friends. More than anything, me writing that and for him, kind of returning it, was sending a signal to each other, having to talk. Long quote, so I'm taking some out. He also said, when we finally got to tour together after that, we were still playing those songs. He would come out and play our songs with us, and I would go and play his song with him. And that caused a lot of controversy, which turned out to be kind of humorous to us. It was funny to see how long the fans kind of clung to that. They made such a big deal out of it, even if we had buried it for quite a while, it was a lesson to be learned for sure about how much you let people into your enter your personal life. Afterwards, we kind of knew we would never do anything like that again. Yeah, I could see that. Also, I don't know why the fans would get so hyped up. You would know that they're either doing it for the money or the pub- publicity. They're they, they're performing the quote unquote dish songs with each other. Yeah, at concerts. But yeah, but you know, I think some fans just like. They have their favorite. They have the one that they like. And so they like to advocate and do these little fan wars. Uh-huh. And it, it'll always be there. And, like, they, they took it back. They said everything's cool. And they're like, oh, it's not it's cool. still not enough for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know. They still, they're just lying. It's all fake. We, we're, we're always thinking everything is fake, which sometimes it is, but not every goddamn time. <laughs> Yeah, Every, everything really is fake, though. That's what people think, you know. They can have a fight. It's fake. They make up. It's fake. Exactly. <laughs> you can't fucking win here. So, yeah, they bury their beef, friends again, yet the fans just wouldn't let go. Also, Jesse is very private with his life. He has said media can turn things around, so he didn't really like giving interviews. And I think this was a huge lesson for him, that once you put that info out there, it's out there. Mm-hmm. And I that might be another reason they're like they're popular inside people that like this type of music, but not as popular as Taking Back Sunday, I guess. You know, a mainstream band. Why? Because they're more private. I, I guess you know if they're not giving those interviews, they're less likely to be heard of. Well, yeah. If he was private in all aspects of his life, as in like not even like selling himself in his band and all that then yes i could see that he left a very popular band to have his own thing but he wanted to he wanted to run it the way he did so i I would probably think he didn't want main mainstream success oh yeah i don't think he did either he wasn't hung up on having it yeah so deja and tendo was brand new sophomore album. It was released June 17, 2003. And the translation means already heard. And Jesse had this to say about the album title. Quote, no matter who you are or what your band is about, you can't put a record out with people saying it's derivative or of something else. So I say- 100% true. (laughs) Exactly. So by saying the record's already been heard, it's kind of like saying, yeah, you're right. We're doing something that's already been done before. We're not trying to break new ground in music. We're just trying to make good music. Man, I don't like this. You, I'm agreeing with some of these quotes. <laughs> I agree with all his quotes. <laughs> you're trying to pull me in and then repel me. I, I, you know, I was listening to his music and I do like some of the music. And 
I mean, he he's making sense. Like he he's not too like hung up on himself with you know saying what he's saying here because you know any artist comes out no matter what you're good they're gonna be compared to someone. Yes. And now this is their sophomore album. So not only will they be compared to other bands, but they're going to be compared to- To the first album. To the first album. You know, people just say, oh, all their music sounds the same, or oh, why they change. Yeah. You, know, <laughs> you can't really win there. Exactly. That's why you have to build your core base and just take whatever else you, you, you get. Because the people who at least are growing with you understand the journey yeah. but these other people who just like you for that one song or that one album or whatever those are the people who are going to judge you so much more harshly and they don't even know your your full catalog that is true you did those two singles and you're like why aren't they making music like this and it's like if you listen to their whole album it's a totally different vibe mm -hmm. so i like that quote it goes to show where his head was at at the time this album was also received well by critics and their popularity is rising. And they did most of that, the writing for that album while touring the first album. Okay. The third album would take a little longer. In 2004, Jesse started performing alone for a bit. He was still performing the band songs, but just as a solo artist in concerts. Interesting. Was any was he was he giving a cut of that money to the bands? <laughs> I, I'm not sure. <laughs> he didn't know if he wanted to be in the band. He was feeling depressed. Touring can be rough. Moving around, a lot of people dream of it. But when you are really out there having to do work, sometimes it's not all you dreamed about. Mm -hmm. Jesse says writing for the third album caused him a lot of depression and anxiety about the album because you know third album is gonna be good enough but he writes best when he's in that state and writing brought the band back together their third album the devil and god are raging inside me was released november 21st 2006. <laughs> that's a hell of a title <laughs> um devil and god are Tell me what's really going on in your mind, Jesse. <laughs> Do you want to look up that album cover real fast? The Devil oh, and God are Raging Inside Me. It's gonna be some American horror story. No, it's it's not that bad of it's not that bad album cover. All right, the Devil. My computer just said, "Bitch, you don't want to see this shit." <laughs> it is. Hold on, I want the big one. <laughs> okay, explain it, please. I just this album I, cover with these. It looks like just a regular photo, a weird photo that somebody just took, and they said this this will be a cool cover. Yeah, do you want to describe it? <laughs> Picture this is. <laughs> uh, there is a White House as the background with um and. I don't know how to describe this shit. It's two men in black cloaks with masks on by a door and to the side, but not visible to the men is a little girl on the side of the house as well. Okay. I don't know what the album cover means, but for some reason, when I was looking all this up, 
that image is ingrained in my mind. Like I used to look at that image a lot somewhere. So I don't know if like my friend had that album or something. Or you used to live at this house or you no. were this little girl. <laughs> I was across the street. <laughs> were you the little girl? <laughs> I just I've like never seen this before. I just feel like it's such a popular album cover. And I don't, I, I want to see if you thought so too, but I guess not. For sure. <laughs> Very popular. So they started writing for the album in 2004, came back in 2006, and now they realized that they want to change it, everything up. So they get bitch, back. To not the, after they did it. <laughs> they hadn't completed the album. So they get back, they're changing up their sound somewhat. Nine songs leaked from the album. And these were before they came back, but they still felt like they were robbed. Like, you know, the the leak took something. They it was a work in progress that they did not want out there. And it's a way it's it's a cat it's a back catalog. You can always do stuff with the music you don't release. Like you can still choose to it's still yours. Yeah. But it ended up working in their favor, all this rewrites and you know, adding songs, taking out songs because of the leak paid off because the album peaked at 31 on the Billboard Top 200 with, again, pretty good reviews from critics and their popularity at this point is, like, really rising. So each album... They're doing is, better. It, yeah, it's climbing and climbing and climbing. Okay. 2009, their album Daisy peaked at number six on the Billboard 200 and their <laughs> album... And their last album released in 2017, Science Fiction, peaked at number one. Oh, okay. So these motherfuckers have they're they're good. Yeah. Until <laughs> their album did plummet to number 97 in its second week. Wait, which one? The the number one. Ah, uh, science you know fiction. What, you know what people gonna say that was? What? They paid people for the first week, and then afterwards, the money was done. They didn't need no top spot no more. I, I don't think that's what it was. I think that they don't. It wasn't good. <laughs> if an album is really good, why could it, how would it peak from number one, whether it's just the whatever charts or it's the 200 charts? Why would it go straight from number one all the way down to 90? Would you say seven? 97. Yeah. If it either didn't have uh, adverse like financial gain or it was a terrible fucking album and people realized it and the reviews really started coming in. It it does. It's very highly reviewed. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Make what you want of it. But it was a new record for Steepest Fault in History in Billboard 200. People really don't like science fiction. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, they, they still got that number one album. That is true. You got that that feather in your cap. <laughs> <laughs> and, they're, you know, their sound has been evolving. They're not just writing breakup songs. They're writing all types of songs. Yet, even though this was their highest rating album, they were already hinting that this was the end. Mm. They had merch that said their name and had the year 2000 to 2018. Ah. Uh, 
And in October 2017, while on tour, Jesse said to the crowd, quote, we're going to be a band for about 14 more months. So thank you so much for being here tonight. Uh. They didn't get those last 14 months. Oh. Because. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Those last ones were put on, but that the last was surprising. <laughs> not, not like the dramatic turn in your storytelling. <laughs> was okay. Because a month later, in November 2017, our former guitar tech for Brand New posted on Facebook. So while we are on the topic of outing famous and semi-famous creeps, anyone want to speak up about Jesse Lacey for Brand New? Mm-hmm. And who posted this? A former guitar tech for the band. Guitar tech okay so 2017 this was me two times a reckoning for these celebrities these nasty ass motherfuckers i think there have been some historical movements that shake up the celebrity world we saw in 2020 people were calling out all these different racists Mm. and we saw in 2016-17 with the me too era about like you said nasty motherfuckers (laughs) (laughs) and jesse is being called out the post is now deleted. Once it's out there, it's out there. The damage had probably been done. And one person who responded to the post was a woman named Nicole Gary. Nicole commented, and I will be reading what she said. She said, yes, he solicited nudes for me starting when I was 15 and he was 24. <sighs> Manipulated the hell out of me, demanding specific poses, settings, clothing. Demeaned me and made it clear that my sexuality was the only thing I had to offer. He knew what he was doing was shitty, so he wouldn't touch me until I was 19. I should have known better by then, but he had screwed me up so psychologically that all I wanted was his approval. It fucked me up to a point that I still have nightmares and wake up in a sweat. I still break down and have panic attacks when people play brand new in a bar. Jesse Lacey is a piece of shit. She followed this up with... And I will tell this story over and over and over. And thanks again for continually bringing it up because I've lost friends, male and female, because they think that what he did to me has no bearing on his music. As if those songs are not all about him being a fucking creep. She ended the comments with saying, oh, and yes, he made me watch him masturbate on Skype. Apparently that's a common thing with sexual predators. I took screenshots at some point. They're probably on a computer in my basement if I really want to rehash my past that much. I don't think I do. Okay. So music sites start picking up the story. Jesse would release an apology the next day on Brand New's Facebook page writing, the actions of my past has have caused pain and harm to a number of people and I want to say that I am absolutely sorry. I do not stand in defense of myself nor, I forgi- nor do I forgive myself I was selfish, narcissistic, and insensitive in my past, and there are a number of people who have had to shoulder the burden of my in, of my failures. I apologize for the hurt I have caused and hope to be able to take correct action to earn forgiveness and trust. He ended it with saying he had sought out treatment for sex addiction. And Nicole was just like, no. She said it was a half-assed apology that sounded like it was written by his wife to save his marriage. She tell she tells him to save his sorry and he does and he doesn't care about how he screwed her up and damaged her. He's just trying to do damage control. 
Which I paraphrase what she said, but I mean, she's right. This is a damage control statement. It, you know, it didn't address the allegations really at all. Um, yeah, it seems like she, she didn't even come out with all the information and he just admitted to it, but he didn't admit to anything specific because, um, you know, uh, your publicist is going to tell you, I mean, don't identify yourself with the crime. Just say that you're sorry for any behavior or things that you have caused adversely in their lives and talk yeah, about I'm... how you're trying to change your life and get better. Who gives a fuck if you're trying to get better? <laughs> what about me? And he did, he did not, you know, he said sorry to people who had to burden my failures, but it's nothing specific. I feel like this sounds more of a apology if he had a cheating scandal, which this is not really a cheating scandal. It's yeah, a, this is, she's fifth, she was 15, because this is what she is alleging, and you're apologizing once this information got out. So, yeah, you were doing, doing nasty ass shit as a, 20 something year old with a 15 year old and you're doing this vague ass admittance of guilt to clear this off your um clear this off your plate but literally it was here's my thing yes i don't know i'm trying to think of what he said and what she said and it's just like did he think that was gonna work i mean <laughs> he literally didn't you're right. Like this was some. It literally does sound like a cheating scandal. It does not sound like you were admitting to basically being a child predator. It exactly, and that's what this is. A groomer. Know, he's grooming her. He had sex where after she turned eighteen, but he groomed her until that time. Exactly. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, it makes no sense. Since yeah, none makes nothing. So. Jesse was married in 2015. I believe I believe that's the date. It might be wrong. But I do know he had a kid with his wife in 2016. They are still married. They're still married. They're still married. So, I understand, you know, marriage, marriage, marriage. No, actually, I don't. Fuck this shit. But I understand committing to somebody and not throwing things away over mistakes or one issue or bumps in the road. But I just don't know if I could look at my husband slash father of my child the same, knowing he was grooming a 15-year-old. Exactly. I, don't, I don't know if I could stay in a marriage with that. And not look over my shoulder all the time and think, are you doing weird shit? Are my kids okay? Are you okay to be left alone? I don't, yeah. I, I would say more power to her, but low-key, look her too. Yeah, I think a lot of people think, oh, she knew what she was doing. She was sending pictures. He didn't force her. And they try to turn her into the villain, the 15-year-old girl. She should have known better. She's out there being fast or whatever you want to say. When that's not the case. It's a grown man taking advantage of a young girl. Yeah. But these are nasty ass uh, enablers and predators themselves. That's why they... I feel like... And, and, and I don't really give a fuck how anybody feels. If you... In, in an imbalance of power situation where there's an adult and a child, it does not matter the gender... 
when you start excusing bad actions of an adult when a child is involved, I'm going to assume that you are like that adult as well, either shysty, creepy, nasty, or predatory, because a child cannot give consent. A child is not able to do the things that we can do. They do not have the thinking brain power that we do as an adult. They do not have the freedoms that we have in as adults. So you wield power over them. And so if you start, anybody who does that victim blaming shit, I'm automatically looking at you sideways. I may not say it, but you're you're on that same level because I just, I never understand adults who do that. I don't it's like with like... them old ass people who be doing that shit too. I'd be like, fuck the elderly, motherfucker, update your views. <laughs> Morally, how can you stand on that where you're going to blame the child instead of the grown man? Because they want to be able to fall fall off on that same that same uh, philosophy. Nobody likes to take accountability these days. Nicole were given an interview with Madis with the Madison Vulture, where she went into more detail, saying she met Jesse when she was working on an online magazine she was making when she was fifteen. He was twenty four. She got his picture and got his email address. The email address was one the band shared. So they soon switched to AOL Messenger. The pictures, the picture request soon came, and at first it was innocent, just, you know, send me a picture. But then it turned to him asking her to buy lingerie and pose. And that's all their conversation turned to. She said he would message her, ask for a picture, and then disappear. At first, as a 15-year-old, she felt flattered. He wanted her picture. He's this big star. When she got older, she was wanting more, and she was like, hold up. But he would say he needs a photo, or he would get angry. He also told her the reason he was he always asked, he always had to ask for new photos was because he couldn't save them because she was underage. Well, at least he admitted it. Yeah. Still think he's, I think he probably was still, of course, lying. It, yeah, or I don't know. Nicole says she didn't come forward because it wasn't until she was older that she realized, hey, that was messed up. Which, that's a lot of the time how it is for young girls. I, we've said it a thousand times on here where we had friends in high school that dated way older men. And we thought yeah. it was hee-hee-ha funny in high school. And then it's not until you get older and you realize, why is this creep talking to a high schooler? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's a uh, what is it called? A, a tell as old as time. Yeah, you know, a, a, a man praise or a adult praise on a child using the internet, using celebrity status, using their age, as well as our uh, the 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 child just being just so naive. And sometimes even when you know it's wrong as a teenager or as a child growing into a teenager or whatever, what have you, some you're just not, sometimes you still just can't comprehend all the nuances within why it's bad. You just maybe have a feeling, but you still go with it because you're, you're, you just don't know exactly all the ways it's bad. And then you get clarity as you go on in this world. 
Yes, that's so true. You you try to make excuses for it, and yeah, oh, it's different. I'm I'm mature. Mm-hmm. He he wouldn't do that. You don't know him. Man, people have been using maturity as a way to get in motherfuckers' pants for years. You're so mature for your age. You don't act like those other girls. You you you're young, but you have an old soul. All that shit. Yeah, Where if someone know? if someone is telling you you're so mature for your age, they're trying to do it with you sexually. You need to run. That's a huge red flag. Yep. Emily Driscoll came forward as well, saying she was 16 when he started when she started talking to a 23 year old Jesse. Mm. Same thing. She was saying. She was trying to take a photo of the band and interview Jesse, and he starts commenting on her body and breasts. And then with the photo request and having her watch him masturbate on Skype. She also claims he tried to get her to have sets on camera for him to watch, but that didn't happen. Anytime Emily refused to do what he said, he would say something like, oh, okay, next time the band is in town or wherever, I guess you can't come see us. So pretty much using that as leverage, the band as leverage. Okay. When she turned 18, she says Jesse took her to a green room and closed the door and pinned her against the wall with his knees between her legs. She describes this as one of several instances of coercion during physically intimate situations. And around 2013, there was a screenshot of Jesse Lacey masturbating on Skype. Leaked to Is Anyone Up? Okay, what fucking name of a website is this? <laughs> it, I guess it's a, it was a porn site. <laughs> Hell yeah, well, they're up. <laughs> so, okay, so yes, there's some proof. small details are all checking out and stuff like that. Yeah, there's proof that he was on Skype masturbating. They are both saying that he had them watch him masturbate on Skype. And, you know, their stories are lining up perfectly, pretty much, that this is his M.O. And we know he wouldn't uh, master Skype debating with his wife. She would yeah. claim them pics. It would have been less embarrassing. Yeah, I... I did see like one of the earlier um, when this was first coming out. I saw like an old forum or old Reddit post or something. People were talking about it, and they were talking about the Skype photo. And they said, "Well, if Emily leaked that, isn't that revenge porn? Can't we? Can't they go after her for that?" And it's like y'all are looking at the wrong thing. If you if you are trying to get this girl on revenge porn instead of him for having child pornography. Yeah, because even in that statement, they're acknowledging that she could have definitely been abused. Yeah. But there's, they would rather go after her, the victim. So, I'll tell you, psychos. Yeah. I People lose fucking grasp r- reality when it comes to their celebrity trying to do this mental gymnastics of, mm-hmm. let's go after them. And so it's, it's, it's so frustrating. <laughs> More stories come in. One woman who wishes to remain anonymous says she saw Jesse pressure a young girl who was 15 into a bedroom at a party. And when the girl went in there, the woman claims to have intervened before anything could happen. That was 2005 or 2006. Some other people come forward on and post on Twitter saying they had a friend that Jesse was in contact with. But 
those are not as credible. Legitimate. Yeah, they're just not as flushed out. They're saying my friend was in contact with him when we were in high school. This happened. It's a one-off. No one really looked into it. Yeah, very vague stories. Not really. And the thing is, even if they could be true, but it's just the way that society is, if you, you don't take it to the police, everybody wants to know every single, single detail or they think it's not real, which it could be. It could be fake. You just don't know. But yeah, the vagueness really adds to the doubt. Exactly. And already people, you know, they're looking for anything to put doubt in these stories. So mm -hmm. those are just kind of automatically thrown out. But it don't help when you put your name out there either. Like we said, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Uh-huh. Because people get doxxed. People get harassed. People get death threats. If you if you do put your name and your reputation out there for for you speaking out about something that happens. So of course these people remain anonymous. Of course these people want to do these things through friends, but it's just like yeah. And a lot, you know, when this came out it was 2017, a lot of these people are saying it happened 10 years ago or Exactly. It's like, why would they want to bring that up now? They already worked through it or whatever. The band Martha leaves the tour, and they were the opener, and so does Kevin Devine, and he released a statement saying, quote, I believe that it is critically important to really listen and hear people who speak about abuse of power and sexual misconduct. I fully support that decision in this situation, which I'm sure was incredibly difficult, and I hope she is supported and the next part of her journey towards healing. I had not heard the story prior to it being made public yesterday. I'm heartbroken for her, and it goes on a little longer, but that's just a bit. Okay, so, well, shout out to them for standing yeah, up and leaving. Immediately, you know, Kevin and the band Martha, mm -hmm. they, they just leave the tour. And that was like the next day. That's why in his statement, he just mentioned one woman because at first it was just Nicole. Oh. And then he did the apology and then more people came More forward. people. Okay. But it, it happened so fast. And Brand New had to cancel their remaining tour dates. And Jesse Lacey just disappears. He's never had social media, so he's not on there. He hasn't came out with new songs. He sometimes might appear in his wife's like Instagram story. But she doesn't really post that much either. We don't want to see your life. <laughs> it, I just, I just think it's like very clean cut because I feel like he could come back if he wanted to. Enough time has passed that he could poke his head out. He could stay in that hole. <laughs> he, he should stay in that hole, but uh, I just, yeah, that's kind of. I mean, I don't know. I want to say because <laughs> this is once me just judging you either way, no matter what you do. But it makes me want to say, I know he did it, because why are you why are you backing away from society? <laughs> but then again, if he was trying to be everywhere, I'd be like, uh-uh, why are you trying to put your face everywhere? Because you did it. So I, I don't know. His, He's consistent. He was never really in the public eye like that. So, it, it I mean, it, it seems on par that, yes, now that you have been worldly identified as a as a creep, that you would go in the shadows even more. Yeah, his apology to me is what really solidifies that he did it without a doubt in my mind. Even though he doesn't address it in his apology, 
just having to apologize for something. And he this this is the only that was the only statement he made. He, the he only was, one. And then after everything fell apart, he was just out of the the limelight. Yeah, they announced you know the tour has been canceled, and that was it. Yeah, that's uh, that's yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he could have been like. This story has a lot of similarities to. The you Drake can't fight Bell. with the truth sometimes if you really know what's out there could come back to you. I feel like he thought maybe it was just worth it to leave. And the band was already ending. They already had that date on the shirt. On Man, the they, didn't, they didn't get those 14 months. They didn't. But this story has a lot of similarities to the Drake Bell story that we covered. But, you know, Drake Bell, the very next day, was re- on Instagram Live <laughs> reported songs. Mm, I was about to say, I thought you meant like they got he got popping in Mexico. Oh, no, not yet. <laughs> Don't do this to yourself, Mexico. <laughs> but I, I'm, I don't know. I feel like if he did, he could be working behind the scenes. He is a music writer. Maybe he'd be using a pseudonym or something. That's just my guessing. He doesn't have to come back. I was th- okay, so I didn't want to say it, but I was thinking about that whole. Um, and this is so weird that I, I even thought about this story, but that whole um, when Taylor Swift was dating uh, Calvin Harris, uh-huh. and uh, he came out with that song. Uh, this, this is what you came for with Rihanna. Love and, it. Yeah, and uh, it basically Taylor Swift had wrote or co-wrote that song, but she put it under her. Say the say the word pseudonym pseudonym, and uh, then you know it all came out in the wash, whatever, whatever, because she she didn't use Taylor Swift. So I was thinking he could still be gathering money, getting songwriting credits, doing stuff, but he obviously knows that that name is dust, dirt, shit. So uh-huh. he, he's doing he's using his connections that still will have him, but obviously under a different name because if. Unless the unless unless um the wife is carrying the weight, which could be true, but uh, you know I definitely think that once you're a songwriter in the business, stuff like that, you can still make your coin as long as you know how to re uh, package yourself. And a lot of predators end up doing uh leaving the uh, main stage to do background work, background vocals, producing, writing, all that stuff. Yeah, I. I think it's a huge possibility. I, I was thinking of that when, if that's what he could be doing, because he's been out of the limelight for so long. And you ain't heard about a man going bankrupt yet, so it seems like it's still coming <laughs> in, or at least but, the royalties, because they. I mean, I will say something about this: those smaller bands that grow. He could have had a deal. Him and the band could have had a deal where they actually own their their royalties, their masters, or whatever. Who knows? Yeah, I know for the last album specifically, specifically i don't know if it was daisy as well but they ended up creating their own record label so i think they do own like a lot of their rights mm-hmm. see i'm not 100 percent sure but i'm pretty sure yeah um but that is the story of jesse lacy i i left a lot out of you know them growing up the band growing but you know we just focus on the fall <laughs> I always I always think that like there's so much I can include but then it's like almost every epi- almost every celebrity we can have you know a series over 
Yeah, they be doing hella shit. Yeah, and just like the rise of it, I, I don't know. I kept thinking like, what if the brand new fans are like, why didn't you include this? And it's like, I'm sorry, guys, but I couldn't. You have to know. We do what we can here. We do what we can. <laughs> we 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 have we we have nine to fivers. Yeah, but. Thank you guys for listening. We do try to end every episode on a positive note with some form of media we relate to. Would you like to go first? I can go first. I did Thank tell you. you I had it planned. Well, let me just let me just say real quick. Uh, it's not my media, but I why I'm uh, almost finished with Better Call Saul because I started watching it right after I finished Breaking Bad, and it's great. Kim is my favorite. Well, besides Mike, and that's all. But my actual media is a is a movie that I consider both a guilty pleasure and a classic for various reasons. And um, <laughs> this movie is a 2003 comedy, Bringing Down the House. Okay. Starring Queen Latifah and Steve Martin. <laughs> Now, I was on HBO Max earlier, yesterday, trying to find something to watch. And I had noticed they had just added it. And I was like, hmm. I didn't watch it. But I I just reminisced in my memories. And um, I'm not going to sit there and say that this movie is not cringy as fuck. Because it is in parts. Some of, some of the humor is of its time, 2000s. But. I cannot lie and still say that that shit sometimes does not crack me up. Um, I will say I first actually saw this movie in theaters in 2003 um, with my summer uh, church group. We went to like the dollar theater that that it had to be one of the last dollar theaters in existence. And it closed soon after. And I, what happened to dollar theaters, man? Anyway. Saw it in the uh, Dollar Theater, and then when it came out in DVD, my family bought it, of course. Me and my siblings wore it out. I mean, we still quote it to this day. It was just hilarious to me. I mean, Betty White was in there, and she said, she she said, I thought I heard Negro. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what? There was another white lady singing the... Mama is Massa gonna sell us tomorrow? Uh-huh. Hilarious, unfortunately, to me. You know, a Nokia cell phone saved Queen Latifah's life. Steve Martin, I didn't even know who Steve Martin was until my young ass watched Bringing Down the House, and then I started watching other Steve Martin movies. Like, oh, wow, it, yeah, like my family was already a Queen Latifah family. Uh-huh. But I, we didn't, well, my mama and my grandma uh, knew about Steve Martin, but the rest of us didn't know who this white-haired man was. So it also opened up um, the doors of, you know, the different actors I got to go and watch and continue watching their movies and stuff. But it's cringy, it's wonderful, it's great. She fights old girl in the restroom, one of the best <laughs> I love scenes. that part. With Simply Irresistible playing in the background, beautiful, wonderful. Um, anything, whatever. Uh, I'm not going to mention the most worst scene ever, but people could probably guess which one it is. It's, it's, it's right after they leave the club, but I do watch how it ends because it's still funny. 
But yeah, that's my media bringing down the house. A a guilty pleasure classic of the 2000s that either I would say you either love it because of where you were when you saw it or you hate it because of how stereotypical um, lowbrow it is sometimes. I haven't seen it in years either, but I did see it as a kid. It was on one of those like pay-per-view that you could buy and my dad let us buy it <laughs> or rent it. I think we rented it like off the satellite dish network or something. Mm-hmm. And I remember loving that movie as a kid. I thought it was so funny. I haven't seen it in years though. So I do want to rewatch it to see how it holds up. I, I don't have much faith in it. Yeah. Like I said, it, it's, it's very much cringy, but it still, it still makes me laugh a lot. But then again, I, you know, my humor is all over the the spectrum. I, I enjoy everything, honestly. There's very few comedies that I don't like, and that's usually because they just literally have no jokes. I honestly loved that era of Queen Latifah when she was doing those kind of corny comedies like Taxi and Last <gasps> Holiday don't you get me fucking started. <laughs> like, I I loved all those movies, and I just always had a love for Dana. You're uh, you're you're right. I, I love Last Holiday. I love Taxi. Both are not the best movies. Fucking love them. Fucking love them. Don't it? Last Holiday, bitch. <laughs> bitch. All I remember about Taxi is them doing, like, a gas or something. And they're that's high the, and they're like <laughs> laughing. That's like the that scene was hilarious. Part. Yeah, you're right. She was in her bag back then. Uh-huh. And then that was also this wasn't a comedy comedy, but that was also around the time that she did Chicago, and I love Chicago. Oh, was she in Chicago? Yeah, she was Big Mama Morton. I never seen Chicago, but <gasps> you haven't seen Chicago, Jose. No, it's on my Jose, list. Jose, you have it's not seen Chicago. List. You it's really how did I think you did? I thought you see you've never seen. It's on my list, and I would not be shamed for it. Out of all the people who, I just did not picture you not seeing Chicago. No, that just surprises me. It's a great movie. Uh, I know. A little long, but it, it's still a great movie. I I need to watch it. I cannot sell block. T- Man, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. let's wrap mine up. What do you have on uh, for your media, sir? Uh, I haven't really been doing much. Let me think of media. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think of it as the Queen Latifah now. I mean, hey. Day after day. <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> Um, you know what, I've been, I guess I've been, like, getting into the Halloween spirit, trying to get into the spooky season, it's Mm. upon us, and I've been trying to come up with the best Halloween playlist this year. Like music or movies? Music. Okay. Because Christmas songs are out there, everyone knows them, and I wish the same thing would happen for Halloween songs. Because you have, you know, Thriller, you have Disturbia, you have... 
Superstition oh, by Stevie Wonder. Like they all kind of fit in that category. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Send me the link on the playlist when you put this together. Yeah. And then I'm trying like, does this make the cut? Does this not make the cut? Because I want all genres of Halloween because do you put I want candy? Because I mean, it's a candy song. It's Halloweeny. That or, would be the first. You got to get the softball shit out the way. Exactly. How I need to like how it flows. And I've been arguing with people at work about it because I was like, I want a murder ballad in this song. Because I've been <laughs> listening to a lot of country, old country. And they're like, well, no, that doesn't go with the flow. I said, just because you have demonic possession on this song does not mean you cannot have murder on this song. And I want it all included. I want the best one ever. And I'm, I've just been racking my brains and I'm giving myself to the 15th to make this playlist. September 15th, 2022. Okay, I was just about to say, which 15th? Okay. Yeah, because then I can enjoy it. And You're going to enjoy it for a whole month and a half? Yes, because I start listening to Christmas <laughs> music in November. That's so I... that, that was emphatic. <laughs> every, I've been having pumpkin spice lattes almost every day since they started again. So, Why did my sister? She now she's on that. Like we stopped at McDonald's. She wanted a. She says she wants to start trying pumpkin spice things. So we got one at McDonald's, like a iced coffee. She didn't like that. She says Starbucks. Starbucks is next. She says she's trying to be like a basic white girl. Me too. So the problem is, I was listening to murder ballads, and I'm like, this is good. This is good. I mean, you got Hey Joe, which is okay, but I don't really feel like it's Halloweeny. Uh, but you have like Run For Me Dar no Run For Me by Timber Timber and that one's kind of spooky. Um and it it's been like triggering my countryside, so I've been just listening to country music. I I, I need to get out of that. I need to get to the, the spook. Interesting. So that's what I've been working on, just just vibing over here. Thinking of candy <laughs> songs, thinking of does monster make the cut? Does What's um, monster? Oh, bitch, monster. I'm a monster. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Like, I thought you meant Monster Mash. Monster Mash is definitely on there. That's my favorite Halloween song. I don't know it's a classic. It is but, a classic, honestly. But, you know, I, I I, just need to put all... That's a different, you know, a different vibe. That's more kid-friendly. Yeah, that's with candy. Uh-huh. And then where the thriller fall in there, it, I just need someone... Guys, someone do it because it's it's stressing me out. I feel like the way I think I feel like thrill. Okay, you gotta have those. I don't want to say baby songs, but you gotta have those kid friendly songs at the beginning. I feel like thrillers like a bridge. That's when you can start to turn the corner on the playlist. Yeah, I do feel like that's like at the height, like the peak, should be probably like thriller or superstition or something. Those are good songs. Yeah, and I mean, the she-wolf count, I mean, that's talking about turning into a werewolf, like, <laughs> you need, I want, you know, I want, I want scary, I want monster, I want murder, I want it all there, and I have not found a playlist that has had this. Funny thing, though, I was looking at murder ballads, why they have Patsy Cline walking after midnight, now I can't listen to that the same anymore. Why not? Because it's about going out, you know, I go walking, looking for your love after midnight. Mm -hmm. But it's under murder ballads in the Psychos playlist. And 
Oh. And it's like, now I, all I think about is poor Patsy Klein out there trying to murder someone after midnight. Like a stalker. That's that's a, that's their interpretation. That could be uh-huh, taken differently. It, it, it ruined the song for me, and I love Patsy. Mm-mm-mm. Now they got you thinking she a psycho. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's I love it more. But I guess that's my media. Yeah, I can't wait till you finish this. I, I want to see what makes the cut. Yeah, probably like most things in my life, it won't go finished. It won't get finished. Most things. Well, yeah. 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 You're an unfinisher. I'm a quitter. I quit things. You do, honestly. The weirdest things, and then you pick them back up, and then you requit them. I quit them. I quit smoking like a thousand times. Mm. I can't quit you. I can't quit you. But you, when you, uh, yeah, does vaping count as smoking? I guess it does. I don't vape anymore. I just, I, okay. I was going to tell you, they banned that shit. That was your faves. I smoke occasionally. I'm like a 1950s housewife when I smoke. Oh, so you you get them cigarettes. Yeah, like here and there. I'm, I do it very classy. I don't do it like, I don't like to smell like smoke and. You know, I'm a professional podcaster, so I have to watch my voice. So I can't be smoking that much. It's weird because I, I haven't seen you, so I didn't know if you were smoking. But now that I hear that you're Maybe smoking, socially. Yeah. I'll smoke socially here and I'm there. I'm so disappointed in you. Maybe one every two weeks. Like, it's not even that much. Jose's the one who got me to start smoking. I know. Eventually, I kicked the habit. I have to, and I'm, it's creeping back on me. I don't know why, but don't smoke, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you make a murder ballad, not a murder ballad, a Halloween <laughs> playlist, please send it to me and have murder ballads in there or I don't want it. Um, at least one. <laughs> if you want to reach out to us, our email at, at, least, is, at least one. At least one. I just need one murder ballad. But it has to have everything on there. If you want to reach out to us, our... <laughs> socials are save your sorry on twitter the york is spelled you are our instagram save your sorry spelled just like the podcast yeah. you can email us at save your sorry at gmail.com spelled just like the podcast the show. and we'll be back next week delivering another story another scandal or another rise and fall rise and fall top to the bottom exactly thank you so much bye, bye.